Greetings programs, and welcome to Short Form the Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Awesome Pants Loper. Hope you've had an outstanding couple of weeks. I missed you last week. Things were a little banana pants. Classes were starting. New York Fashion Week was happening. I know, I know. Excuses, excuses, but episode four did not drop when I intended it to, but there we are. Moving on. I'm not that upset about it. I know my three Loa fans, Trinity, Morpheus, and Neo. I know you're right there with me, so I think we're okay. Today, I wanted to jump into something that I think pretty much every American can identify with. Something that runs very deep within us, I think to our genetic core, definitely runs through the fabric of our society. And it all stemmed from an incident that happened to me. Now, nothing really dramatic happened, but it just, just a big red flag to me. It just kind of jumped out of nowhere. So a little, little backstory, about a month, I guess maybe it's been a month or so, maybe about, maybe about six weeks. I bought an e-scooter, a whole bunch of reasons why I bought one, which I, it actually really simply, I just didn't want to be on the train. I wanted to minimize my time on the train and the buses as much as possible. I wanted to be outdoors more. And I wanted to be able to do things around the city without having to take a car or needing a car, you know, carbon footprint type stuff. I know. I know, still requires charging, but we got to start somewhere. So anyway, I have an e-scooter now. Love the thing. It's awesome. And I was running an errand. I want to say, it was, I think it was actually a Sunday morning, which again is why this kind of jumped right out at me. And I was on, for those New Yorkers listening, I was on the West Side Highway. There's an awesome bike path that runs uh, down the West Side Highway. I was on the bike path. Very... Kind of overcast day, but almost nobody was out. It was very clear. It was kind of awesome. And I think I was running an errand probably to B&H to spend money for a New York Fashion Week show. But as I was tootling along, minding my own business, a this this guy, I want to say probably close to my age. He, he didn't look older. He didn't look younger than me. He was on the, what do you call it? The running path, walking path. He was on the other side of the bushes that... That pathway, there's a two-lane bike lane, and then there's usually a divider of some kind, usually cement, you know, the concrete barriers, or maybe these planters, you know, with trees and shrubs and stuff. But anyway, he was on the other side of that barrier. And as I passed, he made sure to lean over, lean between them, so I, you, you just couldn't help but see him, flipped me off, and mouthed, or actually said as I rode by, F off, F you, actually is what he said. And it was like straight to my face, no questions asked. I was the only one there. Like there's no one else he was talking to. Now, those of you who know me well, I am putting it mildly confrontational. I have no problem asking what the living hell. So I did. I slammed on my brakes, stopped the scooter as quick as I could, jumped off. And you know, the, the stopping power on this thing's pretty good, but I think I was probably 10, 12 feet away from him. And I got off and by the time I turned around, he had already started walking on the other side of the shrubs, walking away from me. And I, with as much actor training and military bearing as I could, used my vocal prowess to ask him in no uncertain terms, 
Excuse me, sir. What was that about? I didn't say that. I won't repeat what I said because I'm trying to keep the show PG-13-ish. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I think he was a coward because he ignored me. I even made sure to un to make sure he knew it was me yelling at him. I tried again. Now, you're probably wondering why didn't I go after him or why didn't I jump on the scooter and go get him? Because I was behind schedule. I had to get this errand done. I had to get back to the studio because I had to get pack up all my gear and then I had to get to this shoot. It was a very last minute thing that I was doing. Believe me when I tell you, if I'd have been out for like a joyride or if I just didn't have anything pressing, I would have happily jumped back on the scooter and yeah, hounded him. Like what, what, what was that about? What's your problem with me? Here's the thing. Never saw him before. No clue who he was, no clue who he is. Assuming he's a runner, you know, he had his shirt off, little running shorts on, something like that. But the weird thing is, is like, what do you think was going to happen from that? That's really my thought. Where did you think that was going to go? Because you can't get away from me. I'm on an e-scooter. Like, I'm curious as to what he thought the outcome with that could be was. Now, I'm not going to lie. This stuck with me a lot longer than I thought it would because I don't understand why I was singled out so much. And I talked to a couple friends and I'm, I'm of the mind that he wasn't necessarily angry at Joe Face. I don't think he was mad at me. I think in general, maybe there's an animosity towards people on e-scooters, which, now I'm not going to lie, I understand. There are quite a few of us in this city, we're kind of taking over like e-scooters and e-bikes, especially delivery drivers. They are prolific on these things. But still, you don't know me from Adam. Why would you single me out? And really the question is, it was such a personal interaction. All I had to do was get off, and I'm not going to lie. The guy maybe weighed half as much as me. Had I had it come to blows, I would have crushed him. Unless he knew some Bruce Lee, super duper MMA takedown moves, there was no way this guy was going to stand up to me in a fight. I don't encourage that. Just prefacing. So I thought about it and I thought about it. And really what this led me down, and you guys, I think at this point, know that my brain goes down the rabbit hole pretty quickly. I started wondering and looking at like just anger in America. What is happening with us? So I did look up like some quick stats and stuff. Um, I don't, I don't think anything too, you know, um, crazy or, or wild. And again, I didn't want to go down too much down this path because I wanted to stick to what I think is happening and, and maybe, um, maybe what we can do about it on an individual level or something like that as best we can. Apologies here. I'm actually, there's a website that I thought I had opened and I don't have it. Um, what I did is I looked up just, I started kind of digging into anger and you know what it means and everything. And I came across this great article in the Atlantic by Charles Duhigg, Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G, Charles, Chuck, I hope I'm saying that right. And this is from 2019, so pre-pandemic, and it was talking about, you know, American rage and things like that. And what he references is in 1977, a professor by the name of James Averill, A-V-E-R-I-L-L, who's a professor at the University of Massachusetts at the time, sent the residents of Greenfield, Massachusetts, again in 1977, this questionnaire, and he was asking him all these questions about you know, when was the last time you were angry? 
what did it feel like? What was going on? What went through your mind? What did you say? What did the other person say? You know, it really got to their granular level of digging in and wanting to understand. Now, the reason he did this was because at the time, he felt that the psychology world saw anger in a very poor light and it didn't it didn't acknowledge that it was a necessary emotion. Like at the time it was seen more as a um a baser instinct and something we should suppress, something we shouldn't acknowledge, something we should endeavor to overcome. But James felt that it was there was more to it than that. And so he sent out this questionnaire. And what he found was one, the the residents of Greenfield, Massachusetts were quite angry, first of all. Now, I'm going to skip a good portion of this because it, this is an amazing article, by the way, but I'm going to get to the part where I think really is relevant today because I'm already halfway through my time. Is that he found that not only is anger necessary, not only is anger healthy for us, it's necessary. Because what it does is it clarifies our thought, right? Because, you know, we either have a fight or flight instinct. And if it's a fight instinct in particular, our brain, you know, our, our blood pressure increases, our adrenaline goes up, and it clarifies thoughts so that we're actually able to express ourselves much more clearly, sometimes a little too clearly, a little too harshly, but it's true. You know, if we're able to maintain some sort of dialogue through this, we can actually come to an understanding. We can actually gain knowledge. We can actually improve what we're doing and how we're, what we're talking about. And ultimately what he found is that if you can use anger to a benefit, then it actually leads to a catharsis. And catharsis is truly helpful because it means that one, maybe something was resolved, but two, it allows us to express ourselves, feel like we've been heard, that we have relevancy, that we matter. And then again, if there's even, even, even at that point, there's actually a somewhat of a catharsis because we, we got our point across and someone acknowledged it. That's a big key. It has been acknowledged. It's been received on some level and acknowledged that, yeah, you're right. This is an issue. We need to figure this out. And then maybe if you're fortunate enough, there's a resolution that comes about. I can tell you right now, I think this is going to be Short Farm's first two-parter because I'm already at four minutes left. And also on that note, I'm already thinking about changes I want to make to the podcast. So don't be surprised if there's some, some changes coming up. I think, well, yeah, and actually pretty grouchy, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty different, but not anytime soon. So let's get back to what's going on in the country. Statistically, the stats are basically all up. Hate crimes have increased specifically since 2016. Since the pandemic, road rage has skyrocketed. There are more people, I think the statistic is half of the drivers in America will respond with road rage. I want to say it was like something like 29% of fatalities were from road rage. 30% gun violence has gone through the roof. Um, hate, uh, not hate crimes. Um, I already said that one, but, uh, but you know, it's just kind of nutso. Just for simplicity's sake, what I'm going to do right here is tell you that there's a lot more to this, and this is going to be at least a two-parter. This might actually end up being a three-parter because I think it's there's a lot to go through and a lot's happening in the in the country when it comes to anger and rage and what we can do about it. So if this episode 
either ends or I don't have an outro, this is your warning. So what James went on to tell his colleagues that this is healthy, we need to review this. Well, fast forward, you know, this many years later, and there have been, I think, thousands of new studies done where a lot of people agree that anger is healthy, it's beneficial, it's necessary, as long as, you know, what can we do about it? And of course, all the reasons why we're angry, they're almost endless, right? Economy in the U.S. is just atrocious right now. Politics, the politics in this country, I would argue, you know, for sure since Trump took office, maybe even before that, I think even I think it's safe to say that when Obama was elected, really there was a massive shift in this country's politics. The pandemic, obviously global warming and climate change, so many things um, that we're having to deal with right now. And I think what that leads us to, at least in my mind, what it leads us to feel like is that we don't have any say in what's going on. We, we have lost relevancy. And I think that's leading a lot of people to just act out. They don't have an outlet. We're mad about our job. We're mad about how expensive things are. I bought a lint roller. Kid you not? An off-brand lint roller from Target. I paid $6 for it. 70-sheet lint roller. And one of the smaller ones, not one of the big ones. $6. What is happening? That alone tells me it's the apocalypse. <laughs> so right there, like I warned you a minute or two ago, this is where I'm going to outro. Catch next week's episode where we're going to get into this. Hopefully I wrap it up. But definitely this is going to go into next week. Thanks for listening. You're awesome pants. Don't be angry. Hang in there. The conclusion is coming to this or my ideas about this are coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.